Might as well get all the uh, and we're opeds hating us here. Ah, we're live uh, and recording. <laughs> hey, boom! Welcome back for another episode of Alpha Cast. I'm Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando up here on the Smith River in the beautiful state of Jefferson. We are stoked to be back with you guys. We took a week off to celebrate Christmas and the Holy Day and uh, Winter Solstice, and did a fantastic. Um, uh, meditation on the Grand Conjunction with Gabriel Cousins and uh, Josh Del Sol and uh, other friends there. Uh, and that was what, uh, really an illuminating and exciting and fun uh, event to put on. And uh, we thank everybody who joined us on that. Uh, that was really fun. And you can catch that on our YouTube. And if you want to catch the recap on that or go through that again, that's a meditation you can do all the time, not just something uh, to do on that special day. So something that we highly recommend to do. And yeah, we're, we're here for our 2020 recap. It's just Bear and I today. And we are excited to kind of get back to what AlphaCast was the first season. This is actually, Bear, our 76th episode, I believe, believe it or not. And so this is the start of season three, if you want to get official with how they do podcasts. And so we are kicking it off with the recap of 2020, and then we'll be teasing what 2021 is going to be all about and what our plans are for AlphaCast as we move forward into season three, which will be very solution-oriented. And we will have, of course, amazing guests on, as always. And the guest focus, I'm hoping to to have guests on that you might have not have heard of out there, uh, people that are out there doing things, changing the world for the better, that are actually the innovators, the people in the trenches, the people that are actually bringing forth this new world we want to see. And of course, we'll have our regulars on. We'd love to have Andy Kaufman on again, the Biggleson Bros, Dr. Edith Abunto-Chan, uh, Melissa Sell, uh, all the regulars that we love in our Alpha Vedic community, of course. But also bringing forth these new names and these new people like we were just chatting before we uh, hit record about uh, that are exploring the realities uh, that we want to see explored that are out of the convention. Um, but no doubt about it, 2020 was one for the books. Uh, but for our intrepid and informed Alphavedic community, there were no surprises. We focus on solutions, but that can only be accomplished by shining a light into those areas left purposely unexplored by the legacy media and every conventional institution without exception. For the Alphavedic team, 2020 was a year of many blessings, all made possible by each and every member of the AV community. Our networking forums have attracted an international audience of remarkable people sharing their wisdom and encouragement, while weekly episodes of AlphaCast feature a steady stream of esteemed guests sharing their expertise in the many topics of most critical to today's world. At Alpha Vedic, we believe sustainable agriculture to be the bedrock of any culture, and so it is here for the larger AV cooperative. Our farm is, uh, continues to flourish, and we're now focused on building the necessary infrastructure to conduct workshop retreats in permaculture farming, authentic medicine, and general self-discovery disciplines. We have all found each other for good reason, and the quote-unquote great work still lies ahead for those of us born for these times. So today, we're going to have a fun in-house chat, you and I, Bear. We can, uh, I'd love to recap 2020, the year of the mask. 
Um, I mean, nothing, as we as I said, there really was a surprise for us. This is things we've been talking about for years. We knew this was coming. Uh, and why I moved my family out of LA in 2016. And, uh, but it is what it is. And we know that this is needed to happen, really. This is, this, this is the kick in the ass we needed to really see that, um, okay, enough's enough. Time to get uh, a little bit more sovereign in mindset, a little bit more independent, start getting a little uh, more vocal and um, uh, ex uh, expressing our, our own sovereignty with our own community and inspiring people through action and through just the lifestyle that we choose uh, and really being an example for our brothers and sisters for how we can live, how we can be healthy, uh, how we can express our love and our infinite imaginative abilities to co-create in this realm. How are you today, Bear? I'm doing great. Uh, actually looking forward to just having a chat, you know, just a nice relaxed chat. And um, first off, thanks to everybody, all of our supporters, our Patreons, uh, you know, couldn't have got here without you. When uh, Mike talked me into doing this a couple of years ago, I figured, okay, I'll appease him and do a couple little things. And holy shnikes, we've done 76 of these. How did I get hornswoggled into that in the first place? But, uh, you know, I, I've uh, never regretted and it's been a lot of fun. We're, of course, meeting great people. And thank you to everybody and uh, happy new year. And I hope people can see my hat today and I hope it doesn't trigger anybody. It says, Make America grateful again make america grateful again so i love this hat and to me it's uh kind of nonpartisan and uh really sums up what we need to have uh most going into 21 2021 2021 by the way mike if you don't already know it's the year of the great unmasking yes and uh not only will more and more people shun the um the symbol of slavery, which has now uh, become the mask and all the other things that, you know, we've had to do in the past to take off our shoes and our belts and stand in line at the airports and be treated like cattle. You know, you notice that never went away. And uh, I could point to a lot of other examples of things that are just become the new normal. So uh, this year, uh, we're done with the whole the whole bit. And it's really incumbent upon people that are awake and awake you know is not a pretentious term to suggest that uh you know you know everything and that you're total totally woke on every single level but what it does suggest is that you know you're asleep and when you know you're asleep when you know everything you've been taught is a lie when you know that everything in our entire society is based on fabrications when we don't even know the nature of our own um, alleged planet, you know, uh, you know, as you and I were talking before, uh, you know, here, and and it's just incredible for the average person when people like ourselves start talking uh, about some of the truth that can actually be validated. Well, not only do they get triggered because it uh, offends them emotionally, you know, like Mark Twain uh, once famously said. You know, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. And that's the situation we're in today. So, um, Mike, uh, great to talk to you again. And um, I look forward to more informal uh, in-house chats this year. And, of course, uh, 
you know, they'll be kind of uh, yeah, non-scripted to a point, but also there's a lot of subject matter that you and I have wanted to get out to our audience for a long time, but we haven't been able to go there because we are entertaining guests. Now, the guests, uh, I'm so appreciative that they, uh, you know, come on our platform and, and share their experience with us. Uh, but we have a lot in-house here, a lot of our own experience that we haven't been able to package and, and you know, uh, get out to the folks here. So this is going to be a great year where we'll interject, uh, you know, more of our own contributions that we're actually making behind the scenes. And uh, that brings me back to our first chat we ever had, Mike. We've told the story before on, on our podcast, but it's kind of fun to reminisce sometimes. Uh, you and I met with my son because you're a, a good friend of my son, and we were in a, a little pub on State Street in Santa Barbara. And I remember talking about a lot of these subjects to you back then. And, uh, you know, you were very open-minded uh, from the start. You weren't gullible. You know, some of the things did stretch your imagination. And, uh, but what you did do is you went home, did your own due diligence, made up your own mind. And here we are all these years later, uh, you know, kind of on the same page pretty much on everything. So when was that exactly? Was that in about 2001 or two or three? God, I don't even know. Yeah, mid 2000s. Um, I think I had just seen, <laughs> this is kind of funny, Alex Jones's Endgame. And um, that was, I, David Icke was probably the most instrumental back in like 99, 2000, 2001 to get me on this kind of awakening path. And even before that, I was, my dad had actually been pretty instrumental in more on the, on the tip of uh, like constitutionality and the true nature of money. And the true nature of, of the idea of the republic and that uh, versus a democracy and how the, the corporatocracy and the plutocracy and what we really had. And that was back in like the 80s. I remember him telling me about this stuff when I was like a little kid. So thanks, Dad. Um, he's always been with it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, um, I think that was like a little later than that. It was definitely post 9-11, of course. Uh, and I'd known Bryden, your son, who's a co-founder of Alpha Vedic and actually is the guy behind all our cool merch and stuff, brilliant artist and very talented person, good friend of mine. Um, I've known him since the late nineties. We were DJ buddies and stuff, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, around, I don't, I would say mid two thousands. And uh, I remember I brought up Alex Jones to you too. And uh, you were just kind of like, Oh yeah, it goes a lot deeper than that. And I, I knew that, but that to me was like something everybody kind of in the alternative scene knew about you know and so the end game what's ironic about end game and for people out there who have seen that um that was like alex jones's big work of you know his big body of work had led up to that movie that he put out back then it really is quite interesting how everything in that movie has come to fruition he talks about um in that the uh the basic uh uh, you you know we're gonna have our DNA or at least some sort of digital passport embedded in in the system that we would that would have our bank account in it and that would give us access to travel and to go across borders and we're seeing that in articles coming out on CNN yesterday about vaccine passports digital passports so it's you know so anyways that was kind of what we started talking about and then. Uh, we actually had an amazing uh, late night chat at uh, your other son's house, if you remember. 
And um, that was where we started going down the stuff that I really was interested in, which was about reincarnation. What is reality? What are aliens? Um, how does, how do, how do, why do we reincarnate as the same species? What is consciousness? Um, what is this planet we're on? Uh, and all that. And then that's when you kind of really rocked my mind about a lot of these concepts. And then we went into the esoteric, we went into, um, uh, and then eventually this all led to like Walter Russell and that kind of information. So yeah, this has been a long path. I've been on, I've personally been on this path for about 20, 25 years. I know you've been in it for 40, 45, 50 years. I mean, not to age you, but you've been deep in this, in this information for a long time. And one thing that I bring up to people right now, because I've stepped out a little bit into the normie mainstream, posting some stuff on Facebook, which I normally wouldn't do, but I felt the calling. And so I've been getting really kind of attacked in that realm uh, of normie world. And it's not something that you can just red pill or, or, or force on anybody. You can provide the information, but this is a, an awakening and unfolding into the other possibilities of reality that, that take a long time. It's a, it's a personal journey that is not something that you can just read a book even and then be like, oh, I get it all. This is a, a massive, holistically connected you know, ecosystem of thought that has to be really, you have to put the time in and have, have the wherewithal. And I think even have the past live old soul ability to do it. I, I think some people just won't ever be able to open up to these other ideas. Yeah, well, it's a matter of choice, and that's what we're all here doing right now. We're making the ultimate choice. That's why you have such a great polarization. This time has been predicted forever, you know, the wheat and the chaff, and I'm not attributing uh, anything to any particular religion, but the great prophets of all times, including the Nazarene, you know, predicted that this would be happening right about now. And, you know, your exposure there on Facebook, um, I, you know, you, <laughs> you told me about your experience and, and, you know, nothing that you didn't already know, but you did realize at that moment that you were surrounded by drooling zombies that uh, have no wherewithal or desire to wake up. All they want to do is hate and repeat uh, things that they've heard on television because they have been, uh, by association, uh, you know, led into a platform, we'll say, that means if you believe in this, you have to believe in all this stuff too. So if you do anything contrary to what they've been programmed to be on their particular uh, leanings, you know, then, you know, you are suspect, you are attacked. And this, of course, is the oldest trick in the book. And without them realizing they are the new brown shirts, they are the Hitler brown shirts that attack anybody that attacks uh, the agenda. So that's what we're dealing with right now. And, you know, going back to when you and I first met, and you asked me about Alex Jones, you know, I had reservations because I realized he's pretty much talking on the surface level, even in geopolitics, uh, you can't get some good information there, but the jury's still out. Is the guy for real? Is he a gatekeeper? Is he just a egocentric sort of broadcaster? I, I have no idea, but um, there are certain things in platforms like that that are omitted in the conversation. So that's what I get uh, most suspicious of. I, I almost think that the Alex Jones thing, there, it's, it's meant, if it is a PSYOP, it's meant to keep you going down all these rabbit holes of negativity. Because the one thing that Alex Jones doesn't really ever go into is the esoteric. 
he goes into the, like you said, the top level, sub-level conspiracy, which is all still really much foundationally in the reductionist materialism that we know is part of the, the co current COVIDian cult, the scientism, and everything that maintains the uh, corporate superstructure and control. And Alex Jones feeds right into that. He doesn't delve into, in fact, he gets triggered by it. If he's had, he's had many guests that try to push those limits into the esoteric, into um, like the broader ideas of, of really what reality is, which is so important. It's like the key, most key thing to touch on. And of course, he always talks over them and changes the subject. So it makes you wonder, is he a CIA plant or is he just an opportunist to make a lot of money off conspiracy, uh, which is more of the kind of the mainstream idea of what he is. Uh, the fact that he's on Joe Rogan all the time is interesting, right? They're, they're, you know, and the fact that, you know, they're, one thing that we don't do is we don't play into the false right-left paradigm um, that seems to dominate the world because it is a strategy put forth by those in power to keep the Hegelian dialect and the, the conflict brewing so that humanity can't come together and actually look up and see who the real current puppet string uh, masters are. And of course, Alex Jones and a lot of the quote unquote right wing media are um, very much uh, integral to keeping that system alive. Uh, and really it needs to be um, humanity versus the Borg or versus those who um, are pushing forth the transhumanistic kind of materialistic model of the future where the soul is literally sucked out and put into the eighth sphere as Rudolf Steiner talks about the aramonic forces or however we want to call those things. We know that's real. We know evil is real and evil is the antithesis to love and to life and to everything that is hum human. So, um, yeah, Alex Jones, I don't know. Um, he's entertaining sometimes. I used to listen to him a lot more. I don't really listen to him at all anymore. Um, but sometimes it, it, it's just entertainment. Um, once again, with what we know from Germanic New Medicine too, just step out of, this, of the sphere of that belief system of anything and just look at it from kind of a fun oh, simulation, like, oh, this is all a simulation. He's silly, CNN silly. Trump's silly, yep. Biden is ridiculous. It's all a show in the end. And so as the, you know, as the Q people like to say, enjoy the show, you know? It is a show and, uh, you know, the greatest secret they keep from us is that we have the power. So that's why they have to constantly keep us in a state of ignorance and agitation and strife in order to suck whatever energy they can take from us. And, you know, just to complete with Alex Jones, I would consider him kind of a good entry drug. Um, you know, and a lot of people do get their eyes open through him, but then quickly move on when they realize it goes much, much deeper. I think, uh, you know, the first book I ever recommended to you, if it wasn't your dad, I th actually, I think I recommended it to your dad too. It was the uh, Creature from Jekyll Island. And, uh, you know, back in the uh, mid-90s or whenever that was first written, I would uh, hooked up with um, G. Edward Griffin with... Um, David Icke and a number of those sorts of people who were, you know, really kind of in their early stages of fame back then. 
And, uh, you know, we were putting offshore events on where we could go and bring in, you know, several thousand people at a time and have educational events. Um, you know, so that was a different generation. And now it's all out in the open and you see, you know, who's left standing and you have people like David Icke. Now, he said some things back in the old days that I wasn't completely on board with. On the other hand, I just recognized the man has a good heart. And, uh, you know, but here we are all these la uh, years later and uh, everything that he's talked about has come true. <laughs> so he did call it, you know, people will say, well, what about the reptilians? Well, you know, there's actually some um, understandings about all of that subject matter that could explain that in a number of ways that would maybe seem less far-fetched. Uh, and the fact is, is he did very accurately uh, in his research show that there seems to be a great theme for centuries of some kind of uh, reptilian sort of mindset or creatures, however you want to look at it, that have been uh, disturbing things on this planet. So, um, you know, there's a lot to be discovered when you and I were first uh, talking, when you hit the record, we're talking about this, uh, these folks that I've been following their... Uh, um, very well versed in, in uh, Walter Russell, Wave Farm Mechanics, and uh, FPV uh, Angel, I think is the name of their channel. And they go into another whole uh, understanding of the world that would actually maybe even bring the globe versus uh, flat earth people kind of to a common understanding and realize that, uh, yeah, we're all seeing that we haven't been told the truth. And before anybody, you know, wants to start hating on me out there because they consider me either a globehead or a flat earther, um, you know, get a life. Because what we're here to do is to explore the domain that we've been born into. We have, um, you know, also been given the privilege to create within this realm. So what is wrong with exploring every possibility, going into every nook and cranny, and really, uh, you know, coming to your own conclusions about how things work and why in the name of just that level of um, investigation would we yet again create another two camps of people at each other's throats. And, you know, when I go online and just want to learn, because I know NASA has uh, fed us a bunch of bullpucky, I also realize there's uh, um, disinformation agents on the flatter side. But then you also see, wow, there's good points being made on both sides. So let's just get to the truth. And that's really what we're all about at Alpha Vedic. We just want to uh, get to the truth. We want to have solution. And uh, the reason why we go into some of this uh, deeper subject matter like waveform mechanics all the time is because it does cut to the chase. It does go through all of the different stories, all the different narratives, and really brings you face to face with who we are in the first place and what our true potentials are. And then it uh, leads every individual who goes down that path to beg the question, why the hell aren't we just doing this already? And I believe 2021 is, again, the great unmasking. And it's uh, long overdue. I thought back in the 70s when my wife and myself, uh, you know, I was working shifts in a hospital back then. And, uh, you know, we moved up in the hills in Northern California and we're raising our, our own food and buying gold. And, you know, that was in like, what, 
75 or something. I was convinced the whole thing was going to come down back then. And of course, that gave ample opportunity for a lot of the people in my family and circles that already were convinced I was a nut job to say, oh, yeah, you're just crying wolf. You've been crying wolf for 50 years, you know. So here we are 50 years later, but guess what? It's all come true. Every single part of everything we ever talked about has come true, <laughs> and you can just go see it. You don't have to fly all over the world and get in the hip pocket of the different gurus and experts and all this different subject matter like I had to do and people like myself had to do back in those days, uh, you know, and take a lot of arrows in our back at the same time. You can just turn on the uh, internet and find anything that you want because, you know, we paved the way for that. You know, we got the information to a certain point. The internet comes along. Now it's packaged so everybody that wants to know the truth can find out anything about anything, even though we're in the great age of censorship right now. So, um, well, and, go and ahead, Michael. People, uh, people in chat were asking about uh, that channel. It's called FPV Angle, I believe, or Angel. I put it in uh, here. I'll Angel. Yes, that's it. F because a lot of what Angel. they uncover are the true nature of angels and you know what they call angels and uh uh quite remarkable mind-blowing really i never thought that i could be at this point uh uh with my experiences and studies um amazed at new information but they're definitely breaking new territory and and i look forward to having uh a representative of their group on and and you know tell us about it again i think you've well, already made some contacts right yeah, yeah. In fact, they hit us up when we had on one of our um, Walter Russell discussions in the comments. And I said, oh, yeah, we already follow you guys. And they're like, great. So it's all about connecting these communities together of, ex you know, people that are brave enough to be out in the public exploring and challenging the, the conventional science, because we know that the conventional science is built upon corporate um, structures of control. And um, and basically that is uh, anti-science because it takes us away from the empirical model of, of we should be able to look at anything. And we know the one thing about flat earth that really trips me out and that I was reminded about uh, last night when I, I, I posted this uh, on our community group, it was a uh, interview of David Weiss, who we know is like one of like the most out there forward flat earth guys who's, I, I feel is very um, legitimate. Um, and he's actually the one behind the app that we have, Barrett, and, uh, the, flat earth, oh. the Flat Earth Clock, which <laughs> you and I have had since it basically came out. And this is fun stuff. Like, if this is triggering people, then get over it, okay? Because if we can't explore these other ideas, then what the hell are we doing? Then you basically we're back in the box where we are right now, where I'm back on Facebook arguing with people about wearing dirty face diapers because CNN tells them that's the, what you're supposed to be doing when it's against every fat fabric of common sense in our body. If you just listen to common sense, you know that wearing a dirty cotton face mask all day long is not going to be good for you. And it's not, it doesn't make any sense. So, but because the, the programming is so strong, people are like literally calling me dangerous and calling me a, a threat to society because I'm just trying to talk about common sense. And um, anyways, same with the flat earth stuff. It's really quite interesting when the, the thing for me that really like, and I think empirically, 
Oh, and so the video that I shared, by the way, was a simulation uh, number 711 with David Weiss, where they, he's on the show called Simulation, where this guy's just, uh, uh, he, you know, more of um, an explorer like us that has guests on who just looks at all different ideas of the simulation theory and what reality is. And he's had people on from NASA, like we have, he's had, and then he's, he brought David on to have a, to see his point of view. And I think it's good for people who are, who are triggered by flat earth to watch this because it shows that we can, we can come together and have rational uh, conversations and look at other people's point of views without judging, without going right into our box of dogma. And anyways, the one thing that David's always brings up, which there's a couple of things, but the one thing is how come nobody has ever flown from like South America to Australia when you go. And I know people that, go from South America who have gone on trips and they always go up to Europe or go up to the Northern Hemisphere and then back down. And it would make the most sense just to cross right over Antarctica over there. Now the flat earth map shows that actually the, the current way that, you know, um, that people fly from uh, like a, the Peru or, or Chile to Australia via uh, Europe actually um, makes a lot of sense because they're just flying straight across. So with the globe model, why don't they? <clears throat> and I guess there's never been a flight over Antarctica ever. And people were calling this out a few years ago and paying, I guess there was a company that said, okay, we'll do it. And it was going to be like $10,000 ticket and all these people signed up and then the company just disappeared. So that is one empirical thing that we could do, which they talk about on the show is like, let's set up an, a flight and let's fly over Antarctica. My dog's barking. Sorry. Yeah, I think that. you'd quickly get in uh, uh, aerial escort if you ever attempted such a thing and uh, would not be allowed to do that. And in, in fact, I've uh, read some information that, you know, people that have attempted that have been thwarted. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, again, uh, forget the globe versus flat thing. I don't even care myself. A lot of people would suggest that, well, it's of great import because it's, um, you know, really revealing the, the height of the deception that we've all been uh, brought up under on this planet. But the great deception is that this is, in fact, a simulation. And to me, it's not a theory. It's not a theory at all. Uh, I've had experiences, I've had um, associations with people that could manipulate the simulation very readily. And, um, you know, when you have certain experiences, and then when you get into the whole understanding of the waveform mechanics behind, uh, you know, why it is a simulation and couldn't possibly be anything else. And then also that information is consistent throughout every single axiom of their, um, you know, model of reality in contrast with what I learned in school and my medical studies and so forth, that is contradictory and contrary to logic all the way through, then, um, you know, you really have to look at that. So again, the, the real thing is uh, looking at the fact that our whole reality is not what we think it is. And, when we get into the opposing camps, whether it's flat earth versus globe or any other, you know, Hegelian dialectic, um, you know, that that's the point is just to keep us arguing and in strife. 
So, yeah. um, you know, just it, it, it the is, same it, with, it is interesting, ahead. right? Like when we've had guests yeah. on, um, and I'd love to recap a little bit of some of these guests we had on this year, because we really had some of the most amazing free thinkers out there, uh, that we're blessed to have on this little show of ours, which was really cool. But we'll have someone on like Marty Leeds, who's just, who was in here earlier on D live. If you're still in there, shout out to Marty, who's just brilliant at, uh, so many aspects of what he talks about from the esoteric to math to language and really tying in a lot of important things for us right now to explore. And then there's, because he's, um, you know, very much into the flat earth thing, people will come and just denounce everything that he does because of one aspect of his, uh, of his current thinking process. And we have to get over that. We have to understand that this is a fractal universe, like you were saying. It's a it's a simulation, and literally our own thought forms are creating the simulation. So we have to get out of this black and white dogmatic approach to reality, and and be more flexible with our mind and with our heart, so that we can um, really just come together and explore these things in a more holistic way. And the dialectic is working on many different layers. You know, we can go into the subject matter that you and I talk about as far as electric universe and so forth. But then just go back down on the ground now. Everybody's, uh, you know, fighting between the, the red and the blue team. Well, what's really making both parties tick? It's, uh, it's an entire money system. And this is where you come in a lot, Mike, with... Uh, you know, your efforts and, and with the circles, you know, and the expertise you have as far as um, developing systems that are not based on deception as our Federal Reserve System is. And, uh, you know, that's why that, that initial book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, that exposed the origins of the Federal Reserve is so important for everybody, even if you're into all this other far out stuff about electric universe you really need to know how things work on the ground here you know there was a time where spiritual adepts uh, in other words people who had you know built their inner light to a certain point through their own realizations and their efforts and and their uh, just desire to be free really free not just in a social sense but when their light reached a certain point, they were brought into retreats uh, by individuals who were well in advance in that kind of endeavor, you know, just self-realization. And in those retreats, it wasn't just all a bunch of new agey stuff talking about, uh, you know, the things we talk about. It was, no, you have to study medicine. You have to master it. You have to study the political system, you have to study the, um, the whole financial system and know everything about geopolitics because if you don't know that, and even though it's all illusory, if you don't know that, you're going to be at a great disadvantage because you are going to be deceived greatly within the simulation. You're going to give your power away, your will force in the process, and not only will you... Um, uh, be shortchanged in the, the experience that your soul has embodied for in the first place, but you're also going to be part of the problem here on this planet. You're just going to be another barnacle, another drooling zombie that's taking up space mm -hmm. and attacking people that aren't going along with the narrative. So going back to that book and what we see happening right now 
you know, uh, with COVID and, and all these, you know, the, the most unbelievable colossal false flag in the history of our world is going on right now. And most people are going along with it. What's really happening? Is there a virus? No, there isn't. There absolutely isn't. Are people getting sick from some pandemic? No, they aren't. This is a financial reset because they have milked every drop of our energy through the money system possible. They can't do it anymore and sustain that system. So they need to bring in the new cashless system. And 20 years ago, in the circles that, uh, you know, again, I was traveling with and still do, which also included people that work internal with different agencies and different levels of intelligence. Um, they told us this would be happening right now, and it was a necessity for them to stay in control. So if we don't understand how things work here on the ground, we don't have a chance to build the momentum uh, as far as our internal energy and uh, you know, do all the marvelous things that we're really here to do in the first place. And a lot of people that say, "Oh, that's just conspiracy theories and all that." No, 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 it's not. <laughs> you know, I've I've comments, you know, like that from different people, family members. They say, "Well, where do you get your information?" Because I just usually say, uh, "You've been watching TV again, right?" And uh, so I answer their questions. Well, I get my information from the Federal Registrar. You know, I read all the executive orders. I uh, read documents within the Congressional Library. I read all the code books. I read legal dictionaries, the commercial, uniform commercial code, all the things that are the basis of our entire structure and our reality in our society, and it underpin every single one of our institutions. No, that's where you get your information. Or you could even go to the Chicago Federal Reserve and, and read their own pamphlets like Modern Money Mechanics, which would explain, every, that would be such an, an eye-opener for the average person and realize, oh my God, why are we doing this? It's insane. We're purposely bankrupting my, ourselves and selling ourselves out to foreign powers that have no allegiance to any level of spirit, government, or people of any type. They're sinister, sinister people. Yeah, it's um, it's all there. It's all in the official documentation. And you're, you are spot on in terms of it's up it's our personal responsibility to understand how all the systems work. It will literally, as we've always said, affect our health. If you are mindlessly going along with consuming and playing into the debt system and injecting yourself with the poisons and eating the garbage food and just, inter in, in just delving into nonstop entertainment, then you are a slave. You have opted in into the slave system. And you are part of the problem. And, and then when you come around on Facebook and say that I'm dangerous because I'm calling out the mask agenda, well, you are the danger. You are the danger. You are the mindless masses, the mob. You are the literally, you know, the Borg system. And so, and you will pay the price. In the end, you will pay the price with your health. You will get cancer. You will die an early death. That is what we see, and that is the reality. And that may seem harsh, that may seem, you know, cruel, but that is what you have faced for 40 years in your clinical work. 
And it's much broader than that too, of course. It's, a, it's an entire, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's why we do this show. It's not, there's no direct, simple answer to this stuff. But first and foremost, yeah, the, uh, the creature of Jekyll Island, actually, my dad showed that to me when I was in college. I was reading that. And, you know, I'm sure you shared that with, with us too again. And that I have this right, that book right in my main, like, primo bookshelf right here because I like to look at it all the time. Um, and that's first and foremost, one of the most important things to understand besides the nature of government, of course, and the, uh, is how the money system is and how it's a debt-based system. And, you know, the debt-based system is what's funding the, the big institutions that are controlling us. We're literally feeding into the, own, the, the, the actual system that is affording everything from all the secret op, black op stuff that is doing the mind control systems that's using the media on us to the, 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 big, um, the, the big pharmaceutical companies, the big technocrats, they can't exist without the debt system. The debt system is literally the foundational um, ability for them to fund everything. And we are literally the human capital for it. So first and foremost, yeah, like I agree. If you haven't read The Creature of Jekyll Island, get that book and read it. And then go beyond that. The Bitcoin Standard is something I've been talking about for a while now. I highly recommend that book because like the creature of Jekyll Island, the first half of it is just explaining the history of the money system and what money is and what currency is and historically where we've been with that and how with hard money in like the 1800s, why we saw such an amazing renaissance is because most of the world, uh, the, the countries were on a gold standard at that time. By the way, um, rocking the, it's, it's time for plan B shirt again, a uh, shout out to, um, uh, to our friend, Philip, uh, from 90, uh, excuse me, Philip from, uh, Leela labs, Leela tech, uh, uh, he, uh, sent me this shirt and actually, uh, I've got some shirts to give away too. I've got three, uh, three of these shirts, uh, which I will give away, um, for those who are listening to this podcast, actually, might as well do it right now, Bear, if you don't mind. I've, he sent me a bunch of these shirts. They're really cool. They're like an, a, an active fit, um, kind of stretchy shirt. They've got silver woven into them, and then they're um, charged with the uh, quantum energy. So the idea is it's antimicrobial. It's just, uh, uh, I don't know, it's just a feel-good shirt, but I like the message on it. Uh, it's time for Plan B. I've been telling people about Bitcoin since 2000. Well, really you and I have been talking about it since it started really. And we talked about this, how we kicking ourselves for not getting into it, you know, when we could have early, I didn't finally dive into Bitcoin until like 2017 um, in terms of buying it. But I was messing around with the technology all the way back in like 2013, mining, you know, mining a little bit here and there and messing around. But um, I've got three of these shirts and I will give them away. I will mail them to you. Um, I've also got one with Alpha Vedic on it for you, Bear. Um, nice. So extra, extra large, I hope. Extra large. And, with the uh, extra large sleeves so I can fit my arms in it. Exactly. Exactly. This is custom fit for the Bear. Uh, so, yeah, that's a beautiful Alpha Vedic shirt. Thank you, Philip. And then I've actually got three in um, one in XL and then two larges, I believe. So if y'all want one of these, if you're into Bitcoin, um, message me on Discord or Telegram. And the first three to message me on there, which means you not need to know how to find me, 
and you um, you find me on there, you message me, and I will, based on the timestamp, I will send you one of these shirts. Um, now, it's interesting with the money system, right? We know it's a debt-based system. It's inflationary. Um, it's built on uh, literally sapping uh, the human capital from us. And this this then ties into ideas of, of how the, the legal system is, commercial code, all this we talk about. But the, the beautiful thing about Bitcoin and, and the other stuff that we're developing, as now my Discord's popping off <laughs> messages already. Um, the beautiful thing about it is that not only is it open source and decentralized, but there was no, there's no officialdom behind it. There is no corporation behind it. There have been some corporations that have tried to claim and people that have tried to claim Bitcoin, but it's just a protocol. And this is something people need to realize because the, the one thing I'm constantly battling in the, in the truther movement, the quote unquote truther movement, is this idea that blockchain is actually part of the plan to control humanity. And yes, blockchain is just a technology. And yes, in the duality that we live in, in this polarity, blockchain is part of their, is part of their evil plans on that side of the, of the realm. But on the other side, blockchain is just an open source ledger. If it's done right, it's totally revolutionary. It's literally a truth. It's a truth machine. And if it's done right, where like Bitcoin has done it, where it just was a protocol that was put out by cypherpunks. That's what Bitcoin is. Satoshi Nakamoto, in my mind, you know, is it was a was a name that was used by a group of really, you know, anarchist focused cypherpunks that came up with this protocol. Maybe some of them had some background in the intel circles, but they're anarchists and they put this out. And maybe they had some inspiration. I still kind of love the idea that maybe they were tapped in with Saint Germain or some really powerful forces, angels, angelic beasts, what, you know, uh, angelic uh, forces or something that from a higher realm that gave them this. I don't know, but it's clear to me <clears throat> that there is no centralized control of Bitcoin. And so, you know, we'll look at it now. The only, now the, the problem with Bitcoin in terms of centralization are the centralized markets and the marketplaces and the, and the exchanges. That is where they get you. The Coinbase, Coinbase is evil. I, I agree. Um, and Bitcoin was never originally meant to, to be on a market like that. The cypherpunks saw it as a P2P transactional currency uh, and using the blockchain to stop the double spend problem of digital currency. So like anything that's in this realm, things get manipulated and controlled by the duality, by the polarity. And so we have forces that are trying to manipulate and control it. But in the end, it's still a brilliant, brilliant design because there is no centralized force behind it. It is decentralized because um, in the way that the protocol was designed. So still to this day, I say, if you want to give a finger to the man, to the banks, the, most, the easiest, most passive way to do it is buying Bitcoin. Um, local Bitcoins is a great way to do it. If you, that's actually where you meet somebody with Bitcoin in an alleyway and give them cash for Bitcoin. That might be a little scary for some people, but that's like really how it was meant to be like decentralized, not going through an exchange. I use Coinbase still because I understand, you know, for me, I just set it and forget it. I dollar cost average buy it. And I got set up with Coinbase right when it launched. And I've been with Coinbase this whole time. I know it's not the ideal situation. Um, I used to use Kraken. I've used all the exchanges. Um, I prefer local Bitcoins. I prefer like the original Bitcoin ATM idea. 
before. Now all yeah. the Bitcoin ATMs are they track you, um, and it's all tied to your bank account. We have to get off the bank accounts, so that's the key, and that's what and, projects I'm working on now is we're getting away from the bank accounts. So would you say uh, you know there's some speculation that uh, Bitcoin was originally created by AI? So uh, yeah, and I'm seeing Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. Bit, uh, guys, how is Bitcoin? A, yeah, it's a Ponzi scheme within the framework of the centralized exchanges. I agree. They manipulate it. They, they, because they hold the private keys with the asset that they have and the liquidity they have. Yes. But the core to core protocol of Bitcoin is not a Ponzi scheme. You guys don't understand the protocol. It's just a protocol. Um, in terms of AI, well, then that goes down a whole other rabbit hole of what is AI, how, how lucid can AI be? Um, that goes into simulation theory. And, and yeah, um, that's interesting. That's an interesting uh, path to go down, and I'd love to explore that more. Um, but the, the core tenet of Bitcoin, once again, is that it is decentralized because it's based on nodes running it. The miners are not the ones in control of the consensus. The nodes are. You could fire up a node right now. Unfortunately, with Bitcoin, there's not enough people running full nodes. We discussed this in our Crypto um, two, uh, crypto 3.0 podcast we did with Cordal founder, Cordal uh, 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 developer, Jason Crow. Um, but anybody can fire up a node and um, take in taking you know consensus um so it's not a ponzi scheme it's a ponzi scheme when government gets involved and when people give up their power just like in any aspect of reality um uh, by using the centralized exchanges but if we go with the original core tenant of bitcoin and in, in it being a p2p transactional currency where you run your own node and you take responsibility for your own private keys at all times it is not a Ponzi scheme. So, um, so, yeah. so what do you say about, we know the new digital dollar is coming. I think that's pretty much established. Would you agree on that? Oh yeah. I mean, well, we've been in a digital dollar already. I mean, we, we've seen the war on cash now, especially with, with the COVIDs, but I mean, let's face it, guys, most people are interacting with fiat in a digital realm for a long time. So, so so here's my concern. Um, you know, ba uh, I don't know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was, I was involved with um, a group where we were minting silver. And uh, the silver coins in no way resembled anything that the U.S. Mint was putting out. Yet, in fact, um, I've got, we had silver certificates um, that allowed you to redeem your silver from a vault that was uh, maintained by the founders of this movement. Now they uh, were summarily put in jail for a good number of years and the charge was counterfeiting. And you know, we had silver coins with pictures of Ron Paul on it and mm -hmm. all sorts of crazy stuff that couldn't possibly be construed as trying to counterfeit something that the US Mint was putting out, but that's the excuse they they used because uh, the movement was gaining a lot of steam. I was actually a clearinghouse where people could, you know, redeem their silver for dollars and so forth. 
So uh, that got the kibosh on it. Uh, of course, the FBI led the charge, went in and, and confiscated million, tens of millions of dollars worth of silver. They always keep the booty, of course, right? Even though they're here to protect us. <laughs> so uh, my concern now is, all right, we get the new official digital dollar. And you're absolutely correct. We've been on a digital dollar forever because there's nothing there. There is no money. They're only debt IOU instruments. So um, why would they allow a competing digital currency? Yeah, exactly, right? So um, uh, that's the thing. It comes down to why would they allow for uh, a competing health, um, you know, naturopath, right? Why would they? This is the problem. This is literally why Bitcoin's important is because it gives us the ability to be sovereign and create our own reality so that we can take down these institutions. I mean, that's the problem is we have these mm -hmm. corporate institutions with the power, with the guns. Right. And that's actually yeah. been, been a major talking point by um, some of the figureheads in the mainstream economic realm from New York times, like uh, Paul, what's his name from the New York times. Can't stand him. Um, he says, Bitcoin, okay. Yeah, Bitcoin will never be anything because uh, the U.S. government has the guns, right? And the fiat has the guns. However, you know, so so that's the question, right? That's where we're going. Now, I will say this: Bitcoin is completely transparent. It's a it's a totally transparent ledger. You can you can track any um, you know, and that's why it's actually better than cash in some ways in terms of the government, because cash, you can still do secret drug deals with and, and it's not trackable. A Bitcoin transaction is totally trackable and it can go back to the IP address. And, you know, so it's a very transparent, transparent transactional currency. I do believe that privacy is integral to uh, a, a free republic or to the, to freedom, to liberty is privacy. And that's why we, um, with the upcoming uh, reunion summit, will be focusing on privacy and our um, the project that we really like, which is the R coin, which is Pirate Chain, which is using uh, ZK Snarks, which is a zero proof uh, 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 type of privacy protection protocol where you can transact in um, in a cryptocurrency that's truly decentralized, it has no corporation behind it in a completely private way. And so by having that technology, that would allow us to maintain our sovereignty and our integrity uh, in as we battle it out with these controlling corporate forces. But my whole thing is the system is obviously collapsing. And so what we're looking at here is we're looking at, you know, the great reset and pushing us into this this world currency, this digital currency through the use of guns. So once again, it comes, it's a spiritual battle. It comes down to humanity saying, no, I don't want to live like that. Um, you know, and this comes to the idea, are we going into civil war or is this going to come down to that? Or is it just going to be, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to these things. I just know that from the economic side of things, Bitcoin makes sense right now because I mean, and look at the look at the numbers. Even in the manipulated centralized markets of Bitcoin right now, uh, where they've been like they've been doing with silver and gold, keeping it down, um, it's going to hit thirty thousand a coin right now. So um, its fundamentals show that right now it's a good hedge against the, the dying fiat 
we know fiat's dying. And also I'm a silver bug. I, I believe silver is a great buy too, as is gold. Junk silver, we recommend all the time. I know we've talked about it, even just owning like old silver, you know, silverware and stuff. I mean, that's all really good to have. Uh, we're looking for stores of value yeah. right now. Seeds, I mean, all that stuff. Great. A great thing to buy, I think, is just rolls of uh, dimes, you know, the old mercury head dimes. Mm -hmm. uh, I love those because there will come a time and folks, whether you believe it or not, we're going into some rough waters here and uh, there will be underground, uh, you know, economies, uh, black markets and things. Whereas if you show up just with a little silver dime, you're, you're going to be able to write your ticket and get everything you need. So I'd encourage while they last, because they won't last much longer, you know, people to get on there and, you know, start buying some rolls of these things just so they can barter and exchange. But all of this really brings us back full circle to our original comments, which is 2021 is the year of the great unmasking. And people say, oh, it's only a mask, just wear it to be courtesy, you, you, to be courteous and, you know, respect other people. But no, no, no. Uh, what you're doing is you are uh, becoming subservient on another level. Yet again, you're giving your power away. And they will not stop with the mask. They will come with the forced injections. They will do everything, you know, on the back level, including their digital currency, which will also be incumbent on you having all your vaccination records, uh, you know, your taxes paid and everything else. So it is total control. And the more we go along with this, uh, we, we, we've overstayed our welcome way too long already. And, and I just uh, hope we haven't gone too far and that we don't have to, you know, rise from the ashes and uh, kind of go through Washington's third vision that we've talked about on this show, you know, where the, it's still up to us. And when Washington had his third vision and he saw for the first time America being attacked on her own shore, uh, you know, shores, uh, you know, it was still uh, up to us to decide, you know, we could avoid that or we could go along with that and suffer the consequences, which we're already starting to do. Uh, America would rise again, but it would rise from the ashes. Many lives lost, um, you know, civilization leveled and it would, you know, have to begin anew, which it will. You know, America has a great destiny. And this isn't a patriotic um, political kind of statement about America. It knows no boundaries because America... Uh, you know, is literally the heart of the world. And we can, you know, maybe even do more extended talks about, you know, what we mean by that. So America has a very pivotal position and, and role to play for the future of humanity. And if we're all out there allowing this nonsense to go on in our country, you know, by just obeying, you have to understand. And I have personal experience with these creatures. They are ruthless. They will stop at nothing. <clears throat> they kill with impunity. I've been personally harmed, seen friends lose their lives. They will not stop. They don't mess around. This is not playtime. And when you wear the mask, obey, uh, get your, pay your little fees and get your little tokens and permits and file for taxes, you are complicit in the downfall of not only the country and the planet along with it, but with all of your loved ones in your life. So this is our spiritual opportunity to muster up 
our own will force and just say, no, I'm a sovereign God being, having a, you know, a, a human experience. I am here to establish myself as a Godhead in my little coordinate within the universe of consciousness. And that is my job. It's my responsibility to call my own shots and not obey other people. That's what this is all about. And on the soul level, it has great karmic repercussions if we obey. People really have to understand the stakes here. And also, the people that are playing the role of the, the predators, they will not stop. They can't. They're in too deep. So we have to realize that. And just like those people, you know, in the movies we used to watch where there are five soldiers, uh, you know, marching 500 uh, inmates into a death camp somewhere. And you're just saying, God, just turn on the guards. You can overwhelm them. And they just kind of somberly, you know, get marched into their death. Um, that's what's happening to us right now. That's exactly it's a, what's happening. It's a death and by it's a hard to lashes. watch people going along with it. it. It is. It's a death by a thousand lashes. And it's every little uh, affront to your soul. Every time, like you said, you pay a fee or you uh, anything to do with statism really is a little, a little bit of your humanity stripped away slowly. And it affects your health. It affects your karma. I, I agree. And, you know, this is why physics and what we talk about is so important because when you understand how it's all connected to your actual soul and your energetic um, kind of vibrancy, which affects your health, which affects your interpersonal relationships, you realize that really this is a mental war. This is a, a spiritual war, but it's a war where we can, we can all help by just doing the inner work. Um, that's why we did that, um, you know, the wonderful exercise with Gabriel Cousins last week is we were really pushing that information forward is that, yes, it's important to grow your own food, get into cryptos or buy silver and get sovereign, but also keep in mind getting grounded, doing the inner work. That has effect. That actually is really important and something that I think I would love to talk about more and more this year on different techniques and tactics and uh, different things that we do and that we can help our community do together, um, like group meditations, breath work, um, uh, you know, stuff like that, that is actually really, really important, more important than ever, because we know cosmically and everything, these channels are opening up more and more right now. So it's allowing this, this power that we have, which is what the controllers, what these predators are trying to get up, always constantly make us forget that we have. Um, that is at the core right now too, that we always need to remember. And it freaks them out that a lot of people are waking up to the game. And right now, uh, we're all um, being required to exert a level of mastery. That means we do have to be educated and grounded and do things. We can't just be in a new agey kind of Pollyanna, you know, think and grow rich mentality because that's not going to do it either. But when you combine that inner game with understanding how to get things done and be willing to do whatever it takes on the ground, that is when we'll get the results. You know, uh, you know, we have our own little enterprise that we've created here and it didn't get started by just you and I, you know, and our uh, partners sitting around and, you know, doing Goombaya stuff. It, you know, we've, we've worked our asses off. We're, you know, on many fronts doing what it takes. 
But at the same time, whenever those uh, periods occur, you know, in any enterprise in anybody's life where you get discouraged or start having doubts, and that's where you sit down, get your head back on straight and say, no, that's, that's BS. There are no limitations. Those are programs that we've all had, you know, engrammed into us and they have no basis in reality unless we give them our power, no different than the government that we think is so ominous and uh, overwhelming, can't fight City Hall. No, it only is if you give them your power. And like magic, uh, a lot of us have experienced in past times where when we do learn the game, yeah, we do take some risk and sometimes we even get harmed in the process, but we do learn the truth and ultimately in the long run, the truth does protect you. It does make you invisible to a lot of the shenanigans that they're trying to pull on the average person these days. So um, yeah, going forth in this next year, Michael, I'm really, uh, uh, really wanting to go into a lot of the areas, you know, with some in-house chats and things. And maybe we could talk about um, maybe some of the topics that we might yeah. cover, some of the things that you and I have already started to prepare uh, you know, for presentations. And, you know, uh, with all the amazing guests we've had on and the audience that they bring to the table, it's, it's remarkable. And it's just uh, un unbelievable support that we're appreciative for. <clears throat> but some of our uh, earlier broadcasts, which just you and I were uh, reaching a lot of people and very well received. So uh, in fact, a lot of comments are, uh, you know, why don't you guys do a few more of those? And and I think that's what we're going to be doing going forward here. Still keep a, a you know a, a fantastic guest list going, but do our own thing at the same time. So, uh, what kind of topics are we going to be talking about here? Well, once again, um, sticking to solutions important, and also delving into your background more and what you know because it's just a. Uh, you have such an interesting background from not just the bioterrain side, but also how you've integrated new German medicine and uh, inter uh, waveform mechanics from Walter Russell. I mean, it's a really interesting integrative approach to health and wellness and to reality. So uh, we've talked about doing a, a special alpha cast on kind of the next kind of idealization or the, 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 um, crystallization of uh, new German or Germanic new medicine with these other concepts. Um, I think that's going to be, <clears throat> I think Germanic new medicine is something that is going to blow up in 2021 um, for the summit. It's a, uh, the reunion summit we're doing. Uh, that's a major part of it. Uh, Dr. Melissa Sell is featured. Uh, she was one of the featured speakers at the event and in the summit and uh, moving forward with, with, going deeper into that is really important. And, you know, people, when we talk about the COVID stuff right now and you say, well, there's no pandemic, people aren't getting sick. Well, obviously people are getting sick. People are always been getting sick. One of the funny things on this little Facebook thing where I was one of the only people to call out the mask ridiculousness in our, you know, in our local community here. And I had the balls to stand up for many people who are quietly agreeing with me um, was that, one of the consensus of the the mainstream people is like, if we all would have just followed the plan back in March, everyone would have worn their mask and stayed at home. We'd be done and back to normal. And I'm like, what is normal? 
you know, one of the comments was like, everything was fine before, before COVID. And it's interesting now it's turned into a nightmare movie that you guys think because blah, 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 blah. And if we could just go back to how it was, I'm like, it was not normal. If you, if you really believe it was normal before COVID hit, then that is your problem. That is, you know, <laughs> your reality is completely skewed. So the, the idea yeah. that, you know, <laughs> that, that what I bring in is the new German medicine is understanding that we are, we've been in this fear matrix, this control system by mainstream media, the CIA, deep state, whatever you want to call it, constant fear, 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 and that's causing illness. So that the more we can go into that, and it's not just even the fear and the conflict, it's way, right, it's way more nuanced than that. But um, I think it's a really important subject matter to go into. So um, the new German medicine stuff, really important. The other uh, topic we were going to get into is too, is about water, right? And um, this is like a big one. And it's been in our telegram group, like what's the best form of water, the best source of water, the best type of water to drink. We know water is, you know, uh, extremely important for health and wellness. And because it's the delivery of information into our cellular matrix and we're made up of water and everything. So we're going to do a really cool alpha cast on water. Right. Um, and then I'd like to do another one with um, bringing the pirate chain guys on board and doing a full uh, one on crypto and privacy. Super important. We already touched on in this chat. Um, and then going deeper into agriculture to soil science. This has been one of the biggest, biggest requests too is uh, ionization protocols and electrical um, uh, amendment of our soil. Uh, going beyond the... Um, the the particle based kind of uh, typical soil science, <clears throat> excuse me, that's focused more on um, you know soil amendment. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, the agriculture is obviously a huge one because it's the foundation of our entire enterprise here, and we do firmly believe, uh, you know, as a company, that any enterprise has to be grounded in agriculture because if you don't have a space on the land where you're providing for yourself, you're not going to be much good, and you're going to be very dependent. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago or so, I was on uh, Andrew Kaufman's. Uh, program and uh, we left the germ theory in biotrain medicine behind thank god because i'm you know actually tired of talking about it but um but i do have experience in that area of actually doing it as a clinician for many many decades and and so uh you know i i don't mind sharing what i've learned but it's nice to go into things that we're really interested in so we talked about farming you know, the, the challenge I have is um, when it gets into that, now all of a sudden, you know, and Andrew asked me some questions about, well, you know, what do you do? How do you prepare your soil and how do you test it? And it gets into some pretty involved processes based on ionization analysis and understandings of the, you know, electrical vectors being the source of all energy, not so much the chemistry. And, you know, after the show, I thought, ah, you know, I probably didn't do that great of a job because you know, the average person isn't going to go out and buy themselves $2,000 worth of testing stuff. And, you know, especially if they just have a raised bed on their back patio and want to grow some cucumbers or something. So, um, you know, what I'd like to do is really get into the heady stuff, but at the same time, get into more than nuts and bolts. And, you know, my wife, Deb, uh, is, is great at that. She, you know, writes articles for the local papers here. 
gardening columns. And, you know, it does more speak to the average person. It just says, what do I do? And, you know, it doesn't have the capacity or the desire to, you know, go into the really good science stuff. So we'll cover both angles, you know, new German medicine to skip into that one. Um, that is a game changer. Now I stumbled on new German medicine about, Oh, I don't know, 25 years ago or so. And, you know, never looked back, but I was already working in certain capacities and had a background in other levels of, you know, things we talk about, everything from Steiner to waveform physics and things. So it really, I was uh, very much heartened to understand that this brilliant doctor drew a nexus that he could validate between embryology, neurology, the psyche, and uh, the playing out of biological programs that are falsely uh, diagnosed as disease in our present medical system. But what I don't understand is that we haven't taken it to the next level. Now, like with any movement, you have people that learn from the innovators and then they don't deviate and they become sort of like torchbearers for that person rather than moving the ball downfield to the next level. Now, Homer, Dr. Homer with New German Medicine was already going to the next level with his understanding of resonance and things. And so that's where I've put most of my efforts, you know, in the last couple decades in particular. And so New German Medicine really, I think, has to be represented, not at all changing what Dr. Homer came with or trying to reinvent the wheel. That is one little segment in the energy matter continuum. And he actually ties a lot together with his, uh, you know, successful model of health and disease. But we leave out the important part, which is how do the electrical vectors produced by the psyche then trigger a response by the brain, the central nervous system to then do everything else downfield. Now, if we could go to New German Medicine 2.0 and understand how those electrical forces are put into play in the first place, uh, you know, we won't have this blind spot that, oh, this is great, the psyche does this and so forth all the way down the line, but how the hell does that work? We have to understand that not only are those forces uh, that come from the psyche are interplays between the emotional and you know, mental planes and different levels of electricity, but they are under our direction. And furthermore, we can measure those forces and we can manipulate those forces much better than just understanding you know, a little session from a shrink, you know, that, okay, I'm, I'm behaving this way because I had this past experience or that, uh, you know, this particular conflict, uh, new German medicine speaking, you know, is creating this, uh, you know, insult in the psyche that's building up pressure that now has to be relieved by way of a biological response. We can move up to the next level and work on that level and take new German medicine to a, a whole different realm of understanding and practicality, but most important, fulfill the mission statement of the original physician, which was, you know, Pythagoras and, and the folks that coined that term in the first place, which is to have a sacred science that is uh, directed at uh, helping people make the link between spirit 
and matter. And that's really the true place of medicine. That's what I'd like to see the world get back to, because not only will we be back in the driver's seat, but we'll see disease as we think of it, uh, literally disappearing within the myths. And people say, oh, well, you know, you can't have diseases disappear. Well, I've certainly, in my short experience, uh, seen a lot of ex um, diseases appear out of nowhere. Things that were once rare or almost non-existent, you know, within uh, my years in practice became epidemic. So how does that happen? If that just materialized, then of course, if we understand why, and Michael, you and I understand a lot of reasons why, then we can not only, again, empower ourselves, but then go beyond uh, a model of, uh, uh, of a reincarnation that is based on uh, strife and suffering and the school of hard knocks and and uh, you know a lot of people that just suggest that well this earth is a plane where we come to suffer and you know that's that's equal nonsense so we have to get beyond that and of course when you trace a lot of those philosophies and ideas to their source they all go back to the royal society and the same folks that are telling us to wear the mask right now yeah. so you we really need to take it to the next level that's what i'd like to see this next year happen on our podcast really take it to another level. And uh, we've got a lot of other ideas. I know you and I have talked about behind the scenes as far as uh, a lot of podcast topics and things that we can make out of, uh, you know, make into uh, a whole series actually of multi-parts because they're, they're, there's just too much involved to try to do it in a single podcast. I think this last year we did a lot of good things as far as, um, uh, you know, introducing a lot of topics. Now I believe it's time to really dissect those and, uh, you know, pick them apart a little bit more and make them more practical and accessible to our audience. Yeah, with the Germanic New Medicine or New German Medicine, whatever you want to call it, if you extrapolate out right now with where we're at, it's like, don't leave your house because you don't want any conflicts. But then you're still going to have conflicts if you within your, I mean, no matter what in this realm, you're not going to get, it's as a conflict driven realm right so i think it's important that we look bigger and and see how we master that and understand how that works and how that relates to spirit into um consciousness and and how we um master our reality and then how those you know deeper into how that all works and then also like the one thing that trips me out about Germanic new medicine is that it's really related to evolution and we know evolution in terms is really uh, that's a whole ball of wax to get into and how do we justify some of those ideas with what we know and the greater esoteric concepts of where humans come from and what are humans and so there's a lot of things I think that can be talked about and discussed in terms of uh, Germanic yeah, medicine and, and evolve that farther um, and yeah. relating that to like Steiner and relating that to Walter Russell and really just exploring all this stuff in new ways. Yeah. yeah. And, and Dr. Homer, as brilliant as he was in new German medicine, um, you know, he had his blind spots and, and being more of a conventional trained medic, he fell back on his, uh, you know, the roots of the science he was taught, which is that evolutionary model, which again is a fabrication, 
you know, by Darwin, uh, a member of the Royal Society, in order to keep us on a, a certain timeline and limited mindset as far as who we really are. So um, there are, that's what I consider part of New German Medicine 2.0, because there are uh, other plausible explanations, uh, more than plausible, that would explain how his model works even in the absence of, uh, of a belief in Darwin evolutionary, you know, mechanics, uh, you know, so all of those things have answers and it's not just trying to explain things in a different way, but in those truths, it reveals a lot of practical knowledge, things that can be used to our advantage. And if we have, uh, you know, any part of our theory, like a new German medicine and the evolutionary component of it, then that is going to limit the efficacy of new German medicine. And it's also going to keep us blind to new vistas of possibilities. Uh, you know, that if we took that level and brought everything up and made it congruent within a single model and, you know, even people like Walter Russell had certain beliefs. He saw a lot of things firsthand, but he has certain beliefs also that, you know, I don't agree with because other people have, um, let's just say validated and things I've been able to apply in my own practice and experience that show that some of the things that he said, you know, weren't always exactly the way things really are. So it's not a matter of just latching onto a school or an individual and being a blind follower, uh, you know, whether it's in politics or science, it's, you know, I think our message is let's get in study from all these people and do exactly what those remarkable people did themselves, which is to, um, you know, explore and create and, you know, present to the world, which is a classical model of trivium, quadrivium logic. You yes. know, you explore, gather the pieces, and then you create a rhetoric, which is your way of sharing what you've learned to the, uh, to the world. And other people that have done similar things can also participate in that exchange. And that is how we move the ball downfield. You know, that is how we further the human cause and go beyond this level of existence that we now find ourselves in. Yeah, that's called the scientific method. We're like taking. <laughs> yeah, it used to be called the scientific method, <laughs> and and you know it's it's a, a word game too. Um, the language issues. Evolution has been co-opted by the royal academic societies, the Fabian socialists, all those to uh, put us in a box, right? That we come from monkeys. But obviously, we are evolving all the time as a collective consciousness. Your thought form is meeting with my thought form. We are creating new ideas and literally manifesting, evolving new ideas. And so Walter Russell was on this plane you know, 50, you know, well, I'm not sure when he unfolded was in the eighties or he lived a long life, but we've evolved since then because we are, you know, and I know this gets into time and, and a lot of trippy physics stuff, but we are putting out mental energy right now together on this chat with people in the chat, with you and I having this discussion and we are evolving new concepts into the ether right now. Um, and we know with, with the scientism model, they've destroyed the idea of ether. They've destroyed this idea through particle physics and through even the quantum and stuff. The idea that we are, that's how reality works, that we are in a mental universe that's uh, based off this electrical ignition of thought. But 
we are literally evolving right now. Like we're, <laughs> so evolution is a thing, of course. Um, and that gets into a language problem. But yes, let's evolve Germanic new medicine to the next level, incorporate it with other things like the bioterrain, like um, waveform mechanics, because obviously, you know, the power of G Germanic new medicine is that uh, these conflicts arise that manifest in the, the physicality, but we have toxicity all around us. Like I've got a Wi-Fi, you know, uh, uh, device right here that's emitting uh, electrical signals and waveforms that are probably harmful and are com giving me conflict right now that my ethereal body or whatever is very aware of. There's a battle going on in my office right now, right? So um, how, do we, how do we justify those ideas of toxicity, of the, of the chemtrails dropping nanobots? Into, and that's another, by the way, that's another alpha cast that we've been heavily requested is um, nanoparticulate, uh, nanobot uh, <clears throat> invasion into our, uh, into our body. How do we uh, detox from that? And I think that would be, an amazing chat because a lot of people are saying you can't get them out. And I refuse to believe that. I believe that we, this, this, this machine that we're in is miraculous and it can, it can heal itself from any foreign, anything foreign in it, no matter how small it is. Um, and then the other topic, radiesthesia, um, uh, biogeometry, that's another big one. I know we need to get into um, and these different, these sciences in terms of that are, are old really as old as we are that are ancient that we're bringing back out i'd love to touch into tartaria uh, going into those ideas um and going into sound frequency frequency doing a whole show on different frequencies um and um you know i love researching old um the tartaria stuff because you go back and you look at these old technologies that they had that make a lot of sense from the organs and the cathedrals and those being healing rooms and, and that this goes to biogeometry and stuff i know you're really into yeah and um you know the whole just a couple last comments about evolution the real sinister part is it brings us back into a linear time mindset you know, you have this guy that crawled out of the ocean and grew this and then stands upright and so forth. And it's, it suggests, um, you know, contrary to reality that life progress in a linear fashion when in fact consciousness expands on many different dimensions simultaneously. And that's our true nature. So, um, it, you know, what I think the greatest contribution of Walter Russell is that he showed the actual mechanics behind the fact that time is the construct and also why we experience time, which we can delve, you know, we've commented on it before, but we can delve a little bit more intricately in the future into why we have the concept of time in the first place. And, and of course, this, uh, you know, you get into different um, religious beliefs and they say well this is the end times well it is but it's the end of the concept of time not the end of time period so um, you know it, it's important to just really understand and you brought up the you know the word game the spell that they cast us uh, you know you know cast over us it's um, you know we're all uh, uh, contrived into these pieces of paper that are dead corporations and then when they want to get us into you know i mean literally it's all a big probate affair in the legal system and they want to lure us into their lair to have their way with us what do they do they summons you they're literally summonsing you from the dead 
because they know they have to have a sentient being to come in that has the ability to create a current, a currency that they can then, you know, use and market for themselves. So they have to have us believing that we're these dead bodies. So they have to summons us from the dead, uh, you know, in currency like banks. Uh, why do we call it, you know, currency? Well, the banks are nothing more than the vocabulary of a river bank. And if people think this is just kind of a cute plan where it's no, this is actually how they came up with those words. You know, river banks hold the current within a certain conduit going from A to B and their banking system are a set of banks that then farm our energy, our currency, and make sure that the current is funneling always in one single direction, you know, in their direction. So, um, you know, it's, it's important to understand that they tell us everything right to our face and they use words that then we contrive to have a certain meaning rather than just looking at them literally from how they contrived them in the first place. Uh, so I'd say the last thing that might be good to talk about as we're, you know, maybe giving some teasers on future podcasts is uh, what we're doing here on the land. And we have a remarkable number of people, uh, amazing, uh, talented people with expertise in different areas and, or, and just a lot of people that want to learn basic gardening. And, and we're inundated with um, requests to come hang out. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot going on here now, but everything so far has pretty much gone into getting the, you know, the stuff planted in the ground and get our crops going. So uh, 2021 is about going to the next phase of, uh, you know, and we've already started, uh, we, we've redone our entire electrical grid and our water systems, made them redundant. We've you know, laid some foundations already for future buildings. And so those are the places that we will be able to take people in. You know, I have a lot of people that are in the healing arts that are coming up that want to do apprenticeships, uh, people that want to learn how to use a microscope, people that want to know how to set up an alchemical lab and make their own you know, spagyrics out of, uh, you know, mineral and botanical substances, and then how to, you know, go into the more uh, uh, personal part that's more of a spiritual practice behind all those things, because that's what's really lacking in all our technologies, is we separate them from ourselves and from spirit. Alchemy is about recombining all the parts. That's what we're going to be doing on this land and have living uh, working prototypes of all those things. And I'm doing it because it's my hobby and I just like doing it. It's fun. Uh, but then a lot of people, you know, want to just jump in and haven't had that exposure yet. And uh, the other thing I want to see up here is, you know, I have a buddy that works with uh, MMA fighters and, you know, I'm an old jock at heart. And uh, so we're also going to be putting up a, a little space here where uh, you know, world-class athletes will come and train in the wilderness and, you know, we'll be able to do a lot of sports training and, and do a lot of innovation in that level too. And there's a couple of people that I want to get on the podcast that are more in that genre. So that'll be able, that'll be fun to, uh, for us to kind of expand into those areas too. Yeah. I mean, athletics is trippy, right? Because it's, uh, what I love about it is it, recognizes that we have a mind body connection our body's really important for our health and and with athletics you get to test it and push push the boundaries of your will and um 
it also relies on some form of some aspect of civilization. I mean, that's like one of the oldest things that humanity's always done. They've gotten a ball and kicked it around, right? Since the very early days. I and mean, since for recorded our recorded history, there's always been athletics within uh, the human framework of society within our culture. Super important because it ties us to our body, which is why we're here. Um, and so for me, I was always an athlete and it's been a challenge in these times right now to, for my kids because we did baseball and soccer and, and stuff like that. And of course, that's not really happening right now. It kind of is in some aspects, but I, um, I really want to get my kids back <clears throat> into martial arts. So I think it would be great to do uh, a dojo up there at the farm and, and get them into jujitsu and, and into the finer martial arts too, the stuff that you do. I want to get back into that. I want to explore the, my Qigong practice more, Tai Chi. Um, I know you're, you're, you're a whiz with the Tai Chi ball and doing that. I want to get, it'd be great to have a beautiful dojo space up there that we can, we can have fun with this because this is really important and it's an important aspect of what we do with Alpha Vedic. So that's really exciting to uh, have some, have some of these guys and and women come up that are pushing the limits of uh, what the body can do because it, it's a, it's a cool expression also of showing how our mental and spirit um, really affects the body, which is so important for health. And so like Justin Franson, we'll have him back on uh, this uh, season to talk about his new book, the athleticism book, and the things that he does with professional athletes, uh, not only in mitigating effects from EMF and toxicity and all that, but helping them um, with their reflexology and the nerves and everything to really extend their ability uh, for both longevity and um, uh, numbers wise, you know, in terms of core effect of the ability to push the limits of their body. Um, so yeah, athletics is really important and, um, civilization's important. I, I feel like <clears throat> there's a trend in the, um, alternative world to move out. I, yeah. And I agree, move out of the cities right now. I think that's important. We're kind of in an emergency time, but you know, humanity always should be moving forth to be civilized and to have connectivity and, and to engage with each other. We are, we need each other. And so athletics is always something that connects us, right? Going out and playing a game of anything, even just tag or, or catch or, um, and getting in that athletic spirit of competition. I mean, that's really important in the competitive drive of our soul so that we can push ourselves to reach new limits and all of that um, is something that has always been, I think, <clears throat> for both of us, very valuable. Yeah, competition has been <clears throat> kind of demonized, but when you understand, you know, my experience, uh, you know, I played at a very high level and, and then afterwards you go out with even people from opposing teams and everything and you have a beer together and you have a great time, but you know, at the, uh, you know, when you're, or, you know, that was actually more of an experience um, in the martial arts world where, you know, you're literally trying to do each other in in a ring and then afterwards your buddies and you know you just have this very deep respect because you both were willing to lay it on the line be embarrassed publicly or or or, or get seriously injured or or maybe even die you know that does happen sometimes and uh, you know there's not that many people that actually are willing to stick their neck out in that way so there it does breed just a a good respect and you know as far as racial relationships you know if you want to end this whole 
um, this whole phony race stuff. And it is phony, you know, it is fabricated by the same people that bring us COVID and everything in order to divide us and make us hate each other. Well, you know, back when I was playing ball, you know, it, more than half the people were, you know, from, uh, well, every, we were all from different racial groups. And, you know, my roommate was the president of the black student union in, in, uh, college and you know became lifelong buddies but you know you're out there on the field busting each other's chops uh there's no pretenses about somebody being more superior than the other just the best man kind of wins and then you go out you party afterwards later on in life you raise your families together there were no racial problems you know if people are left alone they'll just um gravitate to the realization that most people have already come to, which is, wow, we're all people, we're all in this together. And uh, I think sports for me was the greatest melting pot experience, uh, just to be comfortable with people from all over the world, uh, you know, people of different cultures, people uh, with different races. So sports played a very valuable part in my life. And in the 60s, when I was in college, and you know, I was playing on a nationally ranked team and, you know, we we're pretty good and everything. And, you know, you have games on TV and stuff. And, and um, <clears throat> you know, people in the 60s were looking at football players in particular, you know, like we we're just mindless Neanderthals. And I think they probably had a point in some way. But, but you know, myself, um, I was always reaching out, wanting to explore different subgroups of people to just have different experiences. So I would show up in college at different parties. So it'd be kind of, you know, more the hippie element. Everybody's dropping acid and everything. And I'd walk in the room and everybody would just kind of go, whoa, you know, because you know, here I am about 290 pounds and looking pretty suspiciously like, uh, you know, like a Neanderthal. And, um, you know, there was a great amount of judgment that came from that. And uh, I was always curious about that. It's like, well, okay, I get it. I look a little different than you guys, but I'm no different. And here I am at a party just trying to, you know, mingle and, and, uh, you know, you guys are treating me like I'm, you know, some kind of alien species and not that good of a species to begin with. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I found that on the team, we had more acceptance, more diversity and more, um, tolerance, we'll say than the rest of the people that were uh, pretending to be peace, love, dove, and, you know, <laughs> dropping acid and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm kind of rambling that, here. Well, but, no, that, you know, but the, that's so, yeah. that's so true. And the thing is with athletics too, you are, you are on the even playing field. It, it is a great analogy for this realm. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and so all of that goes out, like whether it be MMA or football or baseball or even golf. Like what I love about golf too, and I love about um, even like uh, Kundalini yoga and stuff, which is a form of athletics, fishing, hunting, um, uh, any mind-body connection where you're pushing limits, uh, hiking. It um, it really evens out. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic background you come from, your education. It's like, we're on the field. Let's do it. And like golf, it's like, you could be 12, you could be 85. And you're, it's not only against yourself and against the, the, the terrain you're on, which is interesting, right? With, when we talk about terrain theory, 
but then you also are competing against your friends, your mates or whoever. So there's this dynamic that you can associate with every other aspect of your life. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, another great um, experience I've had is just being pretty closely entwined in surfer circles, you know, for many years, because, uh, you know, I took that up as a pastime. And, and, you know, in fact, that's why we moved to Hawaii in places like Fiji in the first place is just to, you know, follow premium waves. And uh, <laughs> it's also a, a great little subgroup because you have people, you know, from Polynesia and all over the world that, you know, you're all out there, you know, in the lineup together. But what I love most about surfing, the great axiom in surfing is they say the best surfer, the best surfer is the one who's having the most fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I try to um, carry that through in all areas of my life, whether I'm, uh, you know, delving into books with new subject matter or, you know, about medicine or law or, you know, the things that I'll read about. It's just, okay, am I having fun or not? Uh, you know, maybe it's not fun, fun, like catching a wave, but, you know, you're, you're having fun in a different way. You're exploring new territory, new information, enriching your life, and hopefully be able to take that information, put it into experience, which becomes knowledge that you can then pass on and bless other people in their lives with, uh, you know, what you've experienced, what you've learned. So, um, you know, I think that's the great takeaway, maybe with everything we're experiencing now, because a lot of people have come to the conclusion that they're not having fun anymore. And that's what we need to get back to. No matter what we're doing, you do it for different reasons. You do it because you enjoy it. You do it because it's, uh, you know, something that's enriching your life and everybody else around you. The human condition and why we're here is based on this exploration of what, what gets us off. What's, what's the, uh, how we can use our imagination to co-create and enjoy the creation. Otherwise, why are we here? And, and part of that, of course, is our divine duty to self and to love and to honesty and being, you know, honest with ourselves and honest with our fellow man and living in, in, in a way that is uh, in honor of, of spirit and our heart, of course. But, you know, you got, that's how you enjoy life, too. When you're, when you're riding the, that path and you're, you're, or you're riding that way and you're living in that divine light of truth, then life is pretty easy and effortlessly. There's no fear. You, you, you know that there's no, you know, skeletons in the closet you have to be afraid of because you're being honest with yourself and you're, you go out and you just thrive in your capacity to do what interests you. And otherwise, why are you here? And athletics is, you know, I feel like a lot of times in our kind of scene uh, in the health and wellness and in like the truth movement, there's a lot of like armchair warriors that are very intellectually astute and brilliant, but they don't have that mind-body connection, like doing things, going out, even just gardening and getting a rake out and digging trenches. Like we have to be active in our body. We have to be doing this every day. And athletics is just a fun way to do it. And so um, I've even been guilty of not doing it enough because I've been so taken in with everything going on uh, with 2020. And so 2021, I want to get back to trail running again. And trail running for me is brutal, but also so rewarding. It's like a good workout at times. You're like, why am I doing this? But in the end, it just feels so amazing. And it's so rewarding. 
And that's part of life too. Not everything is always going to be catching that wave and super fun. I mean, even surfing is really hard, man. Like for me, it's a challenge just duck diving and going through, you know, big surf to get out to catch that wave. I mean, it's for me, I still really suck at surfing and it's just a super challenge. But when you do catch that wave, then that's the reward. And that is a great analogy for life, right? Is like pushing ourselves to the limit is an important aspect of the human condition. It's inspiring people who climb mountains and, and, and beat, beat records for running marathons and push themselves the limit. Like that's a really important aspect of what it means to be human and what it means to be conscious here on this plane. And so athletics for me is really important for that way. And of course it's been inverted and, and controlled because they know it's so crucial to our, to our growth as a conscious entity that of course we've had, you know, corporatized professional athletics dominate the arena. And it's basically just uh, drama for grown men, right? We talk about it. it's like basically soap operas for men. Like, you know, I still have friends that are a group texting me about the NFL. I stopped watching the NFL. I'm sorry, I'm done. I know I think you still engage with it because you're a football nerd and it's really all that's out there, but I don't watch anymore. I don't actually watch not really. Yeah. I, 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 I don't get into it. Uh, my dad still, he really follows like high school sports and gets me updates on that, which is interesting. Um, but even that is co-opted and controlled in many ways, but um, I can't get into professional sports anymore because it's part of the corporate kind of superstructure of control. And there's all this like weird mind control in it. And uh, people are in it for the wrong reasons, even though I, I am a Brady fan. <laughs> I'll always love Tom Brady, but um yeah, it's uh I just I, don't engage with with professional yeah. sports, you know. I'd rather just go yeah. do it myself. Go play go do the athletics myself on a Sunday, go play catch with my kids than sit and watch football. That's why when I got out of football, I I you know, took up surfing and martial arts and everything because there's things that I could just enjoy on my own and and even when I was playing ball, I you know, always had that rebellious side that uh you know, kind of um acted out against some of the military kind of mindsets and aspects. And especially back when I played, you know, a lot of the coaches were all kind of ex-military guy, like our line coach, you know, was a, a, a Marine, uh, you know, trainer and all that kind of stuff. So they, they sort of bring that into football. I didn't enjoy that part, but just the physical culture. And the physical culture develops your nervous system in fundamental ways that you don't get if you don't use your body. And that's going to make you smarter when you sit down and read a book. Uh, just like learning how to play an instrument or learning a different language is going to exercise different part of your, parts of your neurology. So I think it's uh, really important for kids, especially men, uh, young boys, to be in their bodies because, you know, the male polarity, uh, face it, you know, has this kind of uh, energy. You know, you have boys, you know, young boys, and, you know, we used to totally torment my mom. You know, I had two brothers. And, um, you know, and she just said, get the hell out of here, get, you know, go outside and play. And we were always engaged in sports and everything. And that's what, you know, really we needed that, uh, just to not only dissipate some of the extra energy we had, but also to channel it, learn how to channel it into positive ways. So, um, you know, sports are, are an important thing. And I think kids need to get more into that. You know, you, you know, I'll drive south sometimes on my way to 
you know, Southern California and you'll go through Marin County and you'll see the kids getting out of school and they're all wearing their little helmets when they're riding their bikes and their little backpacks. And everybody is so conforming to this new safe model of reality. I mean, we were out just doing crazy death defying things when we're that age. And now you actually get a ticket if you do that or just ride your bike in Marin County, you know, without a helmet on it's like crazy. You know, one of the things we used to do was a lot of fun. In fact, my buddy, who's the MMA trainer, um, we had this uh, river uh, in the EL Valley in Maui. And uh, the river, um, you know, it's kind of shallow and it has rocks all the way up and you go for miles. And so we would boulder and we would literally run full speed on these boulders. And if, you know, if you don't hit it right or whatever, you slip, you could really hurt yourself. And, you know, so you're just going on total faith. You don't even know where your next landing spot's going to go when you make, you know, when you make contact with one boulder, because then you're just automatically leaping and you're literally working, you know, in midair trying to figure out what you're going to do next. But it just becomes kind of intuitive and automatic. And we did that for years together. Not only was it a blast, but uh, we never had any accidents, you know, rarely even slipped and fell. And so I think it's a good model, though, just for living life. You know, don't worry where you're going to land next. Just go for it. Don't believe all this nonsense that life is supposed to be safe because a safe life is a boring life and it sucks. Don't go for it. You know, forge your own path. Take risk. Do things that you don't think you're capable of doing. And, yes. you know, that's what's really been taken away from the human experience. Yeah, especially now, safety over fun with everything. No fun allowed yep. anymore, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, that's funny, you, the boulder stuff on the river, because, you know, I'm a, I'm an ad, I like to fish a lot on our river here. So I'm constantly, you know, with gear on, my rod, like crossing over roaring rapids. And, like, it's, and I luckily I haven't had any accidents because I just go for it and it's fun. I mean, I have slipped and broken my pole a few times, which sucked because you know how pricey poles can be, especially if you're fly fishing. But um, yeah, you got to get out there. I just got a, my parents just hooked me up with an amazing gift. Uh, for those out there know, I got a one wheel. Uh, which is an amazing, fun uh, kind of uh, electronic skateboard because I was a skater. I was a street skater all throughout high school and college, and I used to tear my body up, like kick, flip, kick flipping like four, five, six stairs, rail sliding, slamming my body left and right. Um, and we would just skate. We just skated every day. It's, we lived to skate. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's what the culture I came out of was like we're breaking yeah. laws every day. We were trying to find places to skate. It was very like – Kind of, I mean, I got it. I actually had to go to court once. My dad took me to court because I got a ticket uh, for skating in, in a wrong place, you know, or whatever. But, um, you know, we were out doing things, we we're out pushing the, our body. But, anyways, I got this one wheel. So now my old ass can get out there and carve the streets and stuff when I'm not. It's kind of like snowboarding on the street. So, yeah, you know, technology can be fun. Like, that's a cool innovation. Like, I'm not knocking tech. That's the thing. We're never like here knocking technology if it's done in the right way. Like having this cool kind of snowboard experience on pavement uh, now is pretty badass. So, and I know you nerd out on new tech and stuff. So, yeah, it's. Oh, I love it. It's like going with the flow. Even in this community, you're in this chat right now, people get triggered by these things. And it's like, come on, guys. Like life should be fun and life should be an adventure. This is what 
the, the thing that I always have stressed on this show is like, you're in your own hero's journey. You are in your own play. You are in. And so if you're not, you should be expressing yourself to your fullest extent. So athletics is important for that. Um, pushing yourself, like you were just saying so eloquently and beautifully is like, just go out of your comfort zone. It's important for growth. It's important for your quote unquote immune system. It's important for life um, to test your boundaries, get out of the chair, get, get your book, get your head out of the book, studying it, conspiracy theories or whatever. Go out, experience the world. It's going to be the best classroom, you know, uh, and, um, and uh, embrace the challenges of the unknown. Really so cool. Yeah. I have a, I have an old friend who passed a few years back. His name was Alex Coburn and he was, uh, you know, he used to be on all the networks and CNNs back when uh, those were actually real news agencies. And, you know, he's kind of an intellectual. He had a um, uh, publication called Counterpunch. I think it's still going on now, but, you know, we spent a lot of time just kind of chewing the fat behind the scenes and he had a great saying he just look at me and say bear be ruthless you know? <laughs> and he had this british accent he was from british aristocracy actually irish aristocracy but um yeah i just uh you know just just go for it yeah. and um yeah i i think we've touched on a lot of good things we've uh put out a lot of good teasers here as far as what we're doing on land, future podcasts, maybe some of the things that you and I are going to do together. I can't believe we've been talking for two hours here. And wow. uh, Mike, you know, I just like to take this opportunity. You know, I, I didn't know uh, what I was getting into when we started these podcasts or when we started this business. But I just want to thank you personally for your efforts. You've been unbelievable, you know, helping take our company to new heights uh, you know, you've, you've made just a, a great uh, name for yourself out there. You know, I love you a lot. And uh, just I look forward to working with you another year and seeing what the next uh, year brings. Oh, thanks, man. That means a lot. Uh, really does. I mean, obviously, you and Deb and of course, Bryden have had a massive impact on my life and my family's life. I mean, essentially, you're like our family doctor. Um, and it's just been like eye opening for me this last couple of years. And in, in, in as far as my personal expansion and my soul expansion and everything that in terms of you being a mentor in, in ways. So, um, obviously love you guys so much, love you and everything that you do. And I'm, we're, God, we couldn't be happier that, um, you listened to us and came out to the public because <laughs> I really believe we're, um, we're having a good impact on people and I'm excited where this company's going. Uh, and really it's, as we've talked, we're getting out of that company corporate sphere of, of, and going more into looking into doing private, you know, into a private sort of sphere and, and not even being an incorporated entity, being that co-op, a private co-op where we all have a piece of Alpha Vedic. I think that's super important moving forward. Um, I do want to, um, also think while we're in the thankful spirit here, I want to thank everybody who in our Telegram group and in our Discord and in our community that's been with us and on this journey. Uh, some of you have been with us since day one. Um, I definitely want to thank a couple people, uh, our admins in Telegram and Discord, um, Giselle, Yannick, Susan, Robert, of course, Russ. Love you, man. You've been with us since day one. Thank you so much. Matthew here in the chat. Love you, brother. You're such an... Uh, uh, a wonderful force uh, of, of illumined thought, and you really embody the Alpha Vedic spirit. 
Um, of course, Robert, who even came and visited me here, you keep us laughing uh, with your wit and your just undaunting uh, logic that you use. Um, so love you, all you guys. Um, everybody else, like from the Justin Francis, to Dr. Edith Ubuntu-Chan, um, Matt Belair, buddy, love you, bro. Um, of course, Sayer G, Kelly Brogan, you guys are just such powerful forces out there, and we are honored to be um, even in a circle with you guys. Amanda Vollmer, I love you. You are a rock star. Uh, Andy Kaufman, of course. Um, the Biggleson brothers recently uh, been uh, talking with them. I know, I think, um, uh, is it uh, Josh? Uh, or Adam wants to come up. I think it was Josh uh, wants to come up and visit the farm. Uh, love you guys doing an amazing work. Uh, Melissa Sell, uh, who else? I mean, Hang the Banksters, uh, who was at the, every, you know, at the uh, summit, uh, at the uh, Music and Sky, Matt, Owen, all you guys over there. Uh, and of course, Bryden and Steph, uh, Lando, uh, you guys are like brothers and sisters to me. So, um, also want to thank my parents for, for supporting me and all this. I know, I think my mom watched like the first three of these and just gave up because this is not in her <laughs> arena, but still she is a, an embodiment of love and, and compassion. Even if she has different ideas of the world, you know, it's all good. We're family and we love each other. My sister, her husband, everybody. So, um, just want to thank all of our family and friends for believing in us and um, just massive amounts of gratitude for y'all. Josh Del Sol, um, huge shout out to you, brother. Thanks for believing in us. Thanks for uh, joining us uh, with doing this summit. Uh, anyone I, I, I've forgotten, I apologize. There's just so many amazing people. Um, that got uh, brother Troy out there. Oh, Troy Casey. Love you, buddy. Uh, we got to have Troy Casey back on because Oh yeah, I yeah, I really want to have a really fun chat. You know, the first time we're just kind of getting to know uh, each other. I think this next time we could really let it rip in a fun way. Yeah, yeah, I mean Troy Troy embodies everything we talk about in terms of athleticism and the the mind body connection. I mean, the dude's like fifty five now or something, and um, is just crushing it. And he has that same kind of outlook on the whole holistic mindset of, of reality from understanding real politics and in, in the monetary system. And he's not bashful about it. So, you know, it's, um, these are the type of people that just inspire us. Um, you know, David, we had David Avocado Wolf on the show. He's just a total rock star. <laughs> that was um, a fun talk. Yeah, Cal Washington recently had on. Dude, I love that guy. Um, I mean, uh, oh, mad shout out to Tom Barnett. By the way, we've had him on a couple times. Tom, um, it's funny. He had that viral video come out that, that I saw right away about viruses. And I was like, this dude is amazing. I, I found him on Facebook. Uh, and we were like, I think one of the first um podcasts where he kind of decided oh, i'm going to come out and now he's just been out in the world doing his work that dude is a force to be reckoned with um also uh, in his neck of the woods isabel lucas who's a i know a dear family friend of you guys she she put her, she's put her neck out on the line um as somebody oh yeah in hollywood she came on our podcast she's been doing amazing work on the on the emf 5g side of things um yeah so it's, we had to get chef pete on with us too uh, yeah, Chef Pete Evans. You were breaking up a little bit there, but uh, mad shout out to Chef Pete Evans. He had both of us on uh, his podcast and featured us on his new Evolve Network. 
he's dude talk about putting your neck out on the line that dude is skewered every day for having the balls to speak the truth about what's going on in his country and that guy is just has balls of steel because he doesn't care he lives in his truth he embodies what he sees his reality to be um uh, shout out to uh, Ali Damagard, who we had on the show, who that guy is just uh, yeah. amazing. Uh, Max Egan. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> All this wonderful energy. Uh, Sherry Edwards with her work and the sound work, which, uh, you know, I want to be able to carry on that kind of teaching up here on, on, on the farm here. And don't forget the original wild man of them all, John McAfee, who uh, graced us with his presence a couple times. Yes, John McAfee, who is uh, another one of those free spirits, right, who doesn't give a damn what people think of him. He is going to do his own thing. And that's inspiring, whether you like him or not. Um, another, uh, another huge shout out, Don, uh, David Parker and Don Lester. Um, Don yeah. is, is very active in our Telegram group. They do amazing work. I love them. They are authentic human beings that are actually applying the scientific method and doing what journalists should be doing, right? Um, which is uncovering truth by looking at primary sources and not getting into the, wrapped into the narrative of, of what the corporate superstructure wants you to be wrapped up in. So um, a huge shout out to uh, uh, Don and, and David over there in the UK. Oh, and also- Yeah, I was just- Go ahead. I was just going to say, I was about to mention them. I'm glad you brought them up. And uh, we didn't get to, we've only had them on once, Dr. Tom Cowan, um, you know, yes. doing a lot of great things out there as well. And uh, we, go ahead, Michael. I was just going to say to uh, David Crow, um, we were lucky enough to have him on the podcast. That guy was doing unbelievable work with the, his Infectious Myth podcast, um, really uncovering through the scientific method and through real journalism, the fraud that is the mainstream allopathic medical system. And um, he unfortunately unfolded, passed away shortly after he was on our show. So, um, you know, uh, our thoughts in, uh, uh, go out to his friends and family. And we're just so uh, thankful that we were able to have a discussion with him. And, uh, you know, thanks also to uh, Crow777 for yes. uh, having us on there and, um, you know, doing a, a great couple hour interview. Uh, I was on there and, you know, good people. They've, I've been following them for a long time and, and uh, you know, they've been doing great work. Uh, I urge anyone to go to Crow777. They do, you know, just brilliant work, have amazing guests on. They've kept it going for a long time. And uh, shoot, who else? Uh, Marty Leeds, uh, thanks for coming on. And also thanks for having me on your venue. You know, I've been a big fan of his work for a long time too. Yeah, and the Ascend podcast in the UK. Um, shout out to- Exactly. Uh, yeah, shout out to the Ikes, uh, to uh, Gareth and David and Jamie Ike. They had you on uh, an amazing interview on their network and we're working with them. So uh, shout out to the Ikes and everything that they're doing. Shout out to, of course, Andrew Kaufman for having you on his show multiple times. And I think you're, uh, you're actually uh, going to have another uh, one come out soon that you guys recorded. Uh, oh, Jason, yeah. Leo, Jason Leo Satos. Jason, I <laughs> uh, love to touch yeah. base with him again in the UK. He's doing yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. 
a lot of fun. And uh, David Devine, the original guy. Got, um, I love David. I love the work he's doing. Uh, he's putting himself out there. He's really a brilliant at breaking down all of these different uh, aspects of reality from the economic side to um, the food angle to, of course, the Grand Solar Minimum. David was one of the first big time guys out there to have faith in us and bring us on. Uh, we had him on as a guest and then he put our videos out on his channel. Uh, David, we're so grateful for the help that and everything that you, um, you did for us. Uh, and of course, Craig too from Radiant Creators. Not sure where you've gone, Craig. I think you, you kind of dropped off. You got off all social media. Good for you. But hey, man, uh, you're part of our tribe and you're always welcome back to Telegram. He's kind of come in and out a few times. But um, yeah, uh, everybody. Did you already has, mention the urban farmer? Oh, Curtis Stone. Uh, Curtis Stone came on and that guy's doing amazing work. You know, he's, he was the urban farmer, but now he's really the homestead farmer. He's got his piece of land uh, and is doing great work. And shout out to BB, to Big Bear, of course. Um, I'm actually kind of involved in that bear community. Um, for those who know I'm talking about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm loving the Bertaria app and, uh, who knows, maybe we'll have, we'll, we'll do something with Owen Benjamin one of these days. Cause that guy's a fearless warrior out there dropping truth bombs left and right. And he and Curtis are home. He kind of gave us a shout out at one time, didn't he? I heard he talked about, uh, Dr. Bear Lando at one point, but, um, yeah, uh, he's got his thing going on and, uh, we appreciate all those bears out there. Uh, that are, you know, what's great about that community is they're like really a vibrant community of, of people who are just doing their own thing, um, like the Alphabetic community, you know. So, yeah, we need, we need these communities to interact and touch base with each other and form this kind of new uh, holistic mindset of what reality should be. It should be open. It should be decentralized, though. It should be based on a foundation of agriculture, right? Going back to the land and responsible ways with things like permaculture, biodynamic farming, but also um, pushing the limits, right? We talk about it. it's not just going back and living like it's the 1700s or 1800s, but like taking the best from everything that makes sense with our inner truth and using all of the, all of the best that's going to be, you know, the way forward and using the real scientific method to do that um, and so that's really what Alpha Vedic's all about. It's not being pigeonholed into one specific kind of mentality or idea. It's always exploring what's next and what's exciting, but being true to ourselves and our inner light, that inner fulcrum, that middle fulcrum that Walter Russell talks about. And, you know, Walter Russell, what I love about him is I had, my dad's reading the, the biography book. Um, uh, about him. It's a, I forgot the author. It's, it's just a quick read. But you know, that guy was like a internationally known figure skater. He was a master with horses. So he was not just this mental giant or, you know, that was into science. And I mean, you know, he was an amazing artist. He was a sculptor. He sculpted two presidents. Um, architect. Uh, he was an architect. He was the true Renaissance man. And that's really what we're all about is being that renaissance man, being that renaissance woman. Um, and getting, guess what? What's that? And, and Walter dropped out of grammar school. Yes, exactly. Oh, so for you folks that are saving your money to go to college, don't bother. <laughs> and um, last but not least, I want to thank Sasquatch uh, for uh, keeping the wonder alive in this world. 
and um, <laughs> who else? I Are think you talking that, about the Sasquatch. I'm talking about Sasquatch, baby. Um, our neighbor. Yes, our neighbor and our friend. Um, yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> Um, thanks to everybody out there for supporting us. We're going to have a really fun 2021, the year of the unmasking uh, and the year of community. Um, if this resonates with you, what we're talking about today, please join us in our community on Telegram, t.me forward slash alphavedic or on Discord at alphavedic.com forward slash Discord or join, join the co-op. I know Bear this is something you're going to be focusing on more is providing more content on our, on our, for our, our um, co-op, which right now is residing on Patreon. We do have plans to get off Patreon. Yes, we do have plans to have everything on our own platform at alphavedic.com, which will be all integrated together uh, by the end of 2021. That is my goal. My goal, I'm setting the intention right now, is to get off all of these centralized systems. Telegram has been the one, the only one centralized system where they, the, the, the guys who have created it have said that they will respect freedom, liberty, and free speech. Um, so we're giving them the, um, you know, we're giving them a shot still. But even Discord, even Discord has uh, closed down servers, like the three percenters, uh, uh, Ice Age Farmer, who actually they kicked me out of their server, so <laughs> karma. But, um, but yeah, uh, Discord is even not to be trusted. So the plan is to eventually have Cordal or one of these blockchains we're developing be the backbone of the decentralized hosting where we get enough people running the nodes so that we, and we make it easy enough with doing a Raspberry Pi type thing, which I need to finish the setup. It's terrible. I'm one of the co-founders and haven't even done it. And that's why I haven't gotten you bear set up because I need to just take the time and do it. Just been so busy, but everybody will be a node on our own internet, on our own hosting. And then um, you'll be able to access uh, discounts for the products and, and actually have more of a role within Alpha Vedic. All the content will be there. It will not be able to be censored or taken down. It won't even be on a server farm at a location that the authorities can come in and raid and take over um, because you'll have to literally go into it in the future, a million homes that have these. Um, so good luck. That is decentralization. And that's where we're moving to. And so alphavedic.com will have its own, will basically be its own on its own thing that you will not be able to shut down and that's really exciting. And then within that, we'll have our own, you know, eventually have our own streaming services. Loving DLive right now. Um, so we'll stay on DLive, but eventually we'll have a truly decentralized uh, streaming services. Um, there are some interesting um, uh, video services beyond BitChute, which is centralized. Um, there's uh, uh, it was a BitTube um, and Odyssey, which is... Um, which we'll be moving towards. I just need to take the time to do it. But we're going to be even moving... In, into more decentralized streaming and hosting services in the future that are really going next level. Uh, and having the type of reward systems built in where you are able to monetize in a very fair way um, that is based on the amount of input and energy you put in that will actually be the consensus too. So it will not be on a proof of work consensus or, and that's what I like about Cordal, which we explain is that the consensus is not based upon sheer computer power or, or excuse me, the way the mining works, the way that you're paid isn't based upon um, how big of a mining uh, rig you have. It's based on just time, time and attention. 
Um, and I want to go the next level in the future with what we started with Karmaship back in 2017. I started Karmaship, which is crazy to think, Bear, which was the consensus model based on human experience and interaction. Literally, the chi or the energy we put out on related on a decentralized um, blockchain system that is yeah. fully decentralized. I, I'd like to see... I'd like to see that resurrected and taken to the next level because when you first brought me into that understanding, it seemed like the future model for everything. So um, really exciting stuff. Yeah. So anyways, um, this is all about community. Um, and one thing about community, it's funny. I, uh, I don't know. Who, so, someone in chat's like, oh, sell, sell, sell. You're selling your stuff. Well, actually, no. In our co-op, we, um, we're all about helping each other engage in commerce and helping each other um, you know, develop businesses uh, in the executive co-op um, with our monthly meetings. We're, we're helping people become practitioners themselves. One, one thing that we're working on is having a vetted practitioner list. So if people are looking to explore these avenues, leave the allopathic system, which many MDs are, and, um, and start their own business, work in the private sphere, um, we're all about helping that. Um, we promote other and people's products. Like we don't care. We we don't even push our own products on our podcast. We don't have advertisements on here. You know. No, we we rarely even mention things. And you know, it's it's interesting that you know I I remember a time where you go down any main street in the country, and you had all these mom and shop businesses, and everybody was uh, you know engaged in free enterprise. And you love to go to every single town because every main street was unique and had different shops and different things to look forward to. It wasn't standardized. So the people now that take pot shots at people that are actually out there creating business, it's like, okay, remember that next time you walk into FN Walmart and, uh, you know, buy shit from other countries that, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, made possible uh, by a deal with, corrupt politicians in our own system that sold us out and everything that we're experiencing now that is torturing us is because we did that. So some of us are going back to the original laissez-faire economics and you get crucified for it. So, you know, <laughs> all I can say for that is get a life. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and I would love to see mainstream, um, flourishing again because that was i loved like there was this town grants pass just up from us it had this old town when we first moved here it was still kind of thriving you go in all these cool little independently owned shops and then before before covid's hit i remember going and i would do my christmas shopping up there because i wanted to support local businesses like that and it was a fun experience you go in it's like the christmas season um it was like you know you get a, had a cup of tea there and you talk to the business owner and see what they're up to and it was like supporting them through local commerce and paying cash and it was like this great experience and then the last couple of years there was less and less and less businesses it was like call us for an appointment because of what's happening with the um, multinational corporate takeover of commerce. And it's like, is that the world that, I mean, that's a terrible, boring world. First of all, it's a throwaway world. Like this, this printer right here, we had to buy because the other one broke and it was cheaper to just, uh, like you couldn't get it fixed. And you, you have to just throw it away and get a new one, just throw away commerce that we're now in where all the landfills are full of China junk. Like, is that the world we want to be in? Like, that's not the world I want to be in. I want to go back. I, I mean, in a way, I would love to see Main Street thriving again. And I think doing a currency like this 
um, where we can innovate and we can revolutionize currency um, and get off the debt system and, and go back to sound, a sound money, but also in a way that rewards your, your innovative efforts through your experiences. And that's what this experience marketplace was. And if anybody wants to look up Karma Ship, the website's still up. The ideas are still there. Um, it just got put on hold because of some differences in the team and things that happen, but it's, it's tough to do an open source project like that. That's straight from the heart. That's trying to innovate and totally disrupt the world. That's not corporatized. So anyways, um, but it's getting there. Things are, things are happening. People are waking up. There's a lot of innovators out there doing it. Uh, we embrace them and um, let's get over the snarkiness and the me versus you. And I'm in this camp and like, let's if basically it's us versus the board. We got to come together. We got to put these differences past us, the left, right, the blue, red, the flat, the globe, the germs, the not germs, like, you know, like we got to put it all past us. It's humanity versus the transhumanistic Borg. So, um, and if, uh, and if this other, you know, these other folks have their way, you will uh, never be able to go to a restaurant. You will be going to the state cafeteria you will be going to the state grocery store. It will be the complete old Soviet model and what's going on in a lot of communist countries today. So you don't want that. And their goal is to put every mom and pop in the world out of business and control it all. Because as Rockefeller once famously said, competition is a sin. So um, let's all uh, look at the big picture and support each other. And I think bottom line with our talk today, Michael, is that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. Next year is going to be even more fun and it's uh, buckle up. It's going to be a great ride. Even if it's a nail biter, you know, why do you go to a good movie? Because it's a nail biter. So don't get freaked out. Enjoy the ride. And uh, if it gets tense, that's that's why we joined on in the first place yep okay guys happy new year to everybody hope you enjoy your festivities i know it's probably already the new year uh for some of the folks watching on the stream or that will watch, listen to this so 2021 let's enjoy it join us in our community uh and we will uh, really have a fun time thank you uh, love you guys and uh, like we always end it get outside get your hands dirty grow something go for a uh, you know, go find nature. She is always the uh, best healer and the best, uh, uh, really, uh, person to ground us back into uh, who we really are. Cheers.